Yeah, I'm an African and that's what it means. Sometimes we have to ask what that means, right? I'm an African and uh, joining me right now on the line in our I am an African feature. Uh, this happens every Tuesday uh, between 2 and uh, 2.30. Uh, we are joined by Dr. Paul Ngubeni, who's a legal expert. Good afternoon and welcome, Dr. Ngubeni. Good afternoon and uh, thanks for inviting me. We also um, joined by Professor Dal Ndima, who's an advanced uh, indigenous law teacher at UNISA. Good afternoon and welcome, sir. Good afternoon. Maybe if I can start with uh, uh, the legal aspect, uh, Dr. Ngubeni. Uh, all right, um, I'm seeing Ngubeni and Ngubeni. Uh, let me just uh, clarify that. Uh, which one is your surname saying? Ngubeni, Ngubeni? I don't want to mess it up. Ngubeni. Ngubeni, thank you. Thank you very much. Now, let, let's talk about uh, the significance of, of wearing uh, those wigs and robes. Uh, what is the history behind them? Well, that, that, that has its origin in the British uh, colonial um, uh, tradition. Or actually, I can go back and say British legal tradition, mm-hmm. uh, that where the, um, the, the barristers appearing before the courts as well as the judges uh, were required to wear wigs. These were made of horse hair. Sometimes they were even made of goat hair or even human corpses hair, you, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. They... Um, they were supposed to, of course, uh, uh, symbolize uh, the, the, the sort of the formality and the solemnity of court proceedings. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, individuals appearing in those wigs, uh, they are supposed to represent certain status symbol, even in the court. Uh, some have argued that the wigs, when a barrister wears those wigs, it was supposed to basically separate him from the rest of us. In other words, it's supposed to create for him a certain distance uh, 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 from personal involvement mm. in, in, in a matter to simply uh, project him as the uh, symbol of, of, of the law, as a servant of the law. Mm. Uh, some have uh, drawn different kinds of uh, conclusions from, from, from the, the, the tradition, but the long and short of it is that it has... It, it, it remained part of the British uh, legal tradition until the British themselves, uh, in terms of barristers at least, in uh, civil or, or, or um, family cases, they actually uh, did away with those with the wearing of the wigs uh, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, the only countries uh, where that, seem, that tradition seems to uh, continue unabated is in the former British colonies. Uh, which, which is, which is why I, I, in my introduction, I actually drew the the connection with, uh, with British uh, colonialism, uh, that those were introduced to us through the British uh, uh, legal tradition, and even when they were colonized, that that was we were subjected to that. And and that would be, I mean, amongst the countries, uh, we still see Kenya, Zimbabwe, and, and Ghana. And I would like uh, to... And Malawi. And Malawi. Uh, Professor Ndima, if you can just uh, speak to, I mean, so many decades later, uh, why is this still a, a practice? Well, then why Professor 
Why do we still have, um, seemingly there's um, a disconnect uh, in that line? Uh, maybe whilst we try and figure out what's going on um, uh, with uh, Professor Ndima's line, uh, perhaps uh, Dr. Ngobeni, you can uh, come in? You ask why... Why is it we... still a practice so many decades later and where we claim to have a democratic state? Well, it's the saddest reality of, uh, of colonialism that it has not only uh, colonized the country, uh, the countries that were subject to colonialism, but it has also colonized the minds. It's, the, it's, it's nothing but pure mental enslavement. The notion that a black man, a black barrister in a Ghanaian or Kenyan or Zimbabwean court, if you would take into account just the extreme, extremely hot temperature, in those mm. countries, mm. Mm. wearing a wig made of horse hair, a, a long wig, blonde wig, to look like a British, uh, uh, like a, a 16th century uh, British nobleman. Sure. That in itself, and their refusal, despite other African jurists, for instance, there was a former Kenyan Chief Justice, William Mutungwa, who had argued vigorously. Uh, for the removal or, or for doing away with the tradition of wearing wigs. Mm. Uh, but that didn't materialize. That was rejected. And you still continue. It's the refusal to... Uh, your, 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 your theme of I'm an African is basically the, the, the lawyers and the judges saying, I'm not an African. Mm. Well, I may be an African in many other ways, but not when it comes to my wig. But is there a collective understanding of um, the significance and lack thereof of, of uh, what, what this practice symbolizes? Or are others maybe proud to wear these horse-made um, uh, manufactured wigs? It, it may just mean that traditions are very difficult to uh, get rid of. Mm. Persons who graduate and who become qualified as barristers, they still wear those things with pride. They, they disregard the colonial origin, the, the shameful, disgraceful origin of, the, uh, of, of that type of uh, uh, attire, and they are more uh, interested in how they look. It's a, it's a fashion statement. It's also a status symbol. Mm-hmm. When they appear in court, they, are, they, uh, they appear different from the masses, they are not like the rest of the, the unwashed persons who come into the courtroom to watch uh, proceedings. Mm. Uh, so it gives them a, an elevated uh, status above those of the ordinary people. But the shameful part of it is that it has failed to understand the decolonization also was supposed to involve the decolonization of the mind, recognizing that uh, wigs worn by uh, prematurely balding white men in England were not necessarily an an appropriate uh, courtroom attire for uh, black Africans in very extremely hot temperatures Mm. and uh, where people don't generally suffer from premature baldness of the type that the British suffered from. Uh. And uh, the interesting part of how this, uh, this, this, this thing came about, the reason why I say shameful is that the premature baldness that the wigs were supposed to cover in the 16th century, 17th century England, were in part because because of the syphilis, uh, the STD, the syphilis uh, disease, wow. that people were suffering from premature balding 
And uh, when you have the wig to cover that, you look more elegant, you look more healthy, and you look like you you are not the type that could uh, be infected with the sexually transmitted disease. What a sad, sad, sad history to it. I mean, I would want nothing to do with something like that. And I wonder uh, where the sense of pride comes from. Let's pay the bills when we return. Uh, we'll also check uh, Profundima's uh, line and uh, continue this conversation. But we also invite you to join us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at SAFM Radio, hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live. And uh, SMS is at 40938, charged at 150 per SMS. And also WhatsApp voice note, also Six one four one oh four one oh seven. Call Chris Salda now, oh eight nine one one oh four two oh seven. Right, uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us. This is I'm an African, and uh, we're looking at why do African judges uh, still wear uh, um, those robes and wigs um, in spite of the weather in Africa? Uh, maybe if you can uh, distinguish for us, um, uh, Professor, uh, between barristers and and uh, judges, uh, we we lost connection there, but uh, um, uh, uh, Dr. Ngobeni did justice in helping us uh, just connect to the history of. Uh, uh, this attire. Yeah. Um, you want the difference between judges and barristers? Yeah, who gets to wear um, these wigs and robes and uh, why is there reluctance in, in shedding of the symbol? Yeah. Um, yeah, in South Africa we don't wear them. Yeah, this is, I'm an African, we're connecting to the continent, um, uh, Prof, and this yeah. is why we're having this conversation. Yeah, yes, in the, in the continent, as Dr. Nguyen has pointed out, um, this is a British tradition. Mm. And uh, Africa is a British, uh, is a former British colony. Um colonies just continue their colonial traditions even long after emancipation. Um, all the senseless things that we do, um, apart from the wings themselves, uh, like this thing of wearing ties in Africa when it is so hot, mm-hmm. um, even ourselves wear ties in and outside court. And even ourselves uh, as academics, we wear Gowns, which have got no cultural significance to our traditions. It is all because of what we inherited from the British history. Um, some countries then adhere more to these than others, like the case of the wheat in the uh, African countries that they have already been referred to. Mm. Um, there is no uh, significance other than the British heritage that we have. Other, others have actually interrogated it like South Africa and dropped the weeds. I'm wondering, um, uh, Dr. Ngobeni, if this does not also connect to how uh, socially we respond, uh, wherein I feel better when I move to sub- suburban environments. It's a sign um, and a symbol of, of uh, being well off. Uh, could it maybe connect to people believing that they think better, uh, they seem smarter when they're wearing uh, the wig? Yes, of, as, I, as, as I said earlier, it's, it's regarded as a status symbol mm. for, those, for the wearers of those um, um, the attires, those, those wigs. But uh, it, it is, we should not make excuses 
for, uh, for, for, for intellectual failure of individuals to engage with their own social and cultural environment mm. and to try to make sense of it. Look, here we have a situation. I'm not saying South Africa is any better. We still call our judges uh, my lord and my lady. I was getting to that. I wanted um, for us to All just talk are, are about not, that. Have, have, we, don't, we don't, in our tradition, have lords as defined in the, in the British uh, uh, tradition mm. and ladies. And yet those uh, appellations made their way into our everyday vocabulary. When you go to court, now judges have to be called my lord and uh, my lady. Sometimes uh, advocates will make ridiculous mistakes where they'll continue to call a woman mm. who's, on, who's presiding on the bench my lord. Sure. All right, let's take your calls and uh, questions, comments, and uh, you can join us on 0891-104-207. What's up, voice notes on 0614-104-107. And also your SMSs uh, at 40938, charged at 150 per SMS. And you can also join us via Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SAFM Radio. Hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live. Uh, Gancho says, uh, maybe our judges must wear amabeshu and traditional bare-breasted, including the females. <laughs> Alright, let's take Colin in Cape Town. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. Hi, Colin. A very uh, nice topic. And uh, Good afternoon to your guest there. You know, some years back, I, I was reading about uh, judges and laws and, and uh, kings and queens and things like that. Mm. And the way I, uh, I, I uh, sort of put it together, um, wearing that wig is a, a sign of authorized uh, authority being in charge of the court. The court belongs to you. So the judge listens and you listen to him and he passes a verdict which is final. You see, it comes down to who's in charge of that court. It's just a symbol to state that, remember, I'm the one in charge here. Mm. Yeah? And um, as far as the heat in Africa is concerned, I'm sure, I'm sure is, uh, in modern age today, there is uh, air cons or that can even make those wigs thinner instead of so thick. Yeah, and but do they have know, to wear their wig? Uh, Hello? Do they have to wear the wig, though, Colin? Um, look, yeah, if some countries want to wear it, <laughs> some parts of Africa they still wear it. But as I'm saying, it's a sign of authority. Wow. That, that wig makes you, makes you the man sitting there and you in charge of his whole court. Okay. It's like power, you know what I mean? And my lord and my lady, you can't... Uh, Call uh, sir or madam or something like that. Madam Speaker. Why not? Why not? Hmm? Why not Mkulua? I don't know. Well, I'm just saying now, if, if, if countries, African countries want to continue, mm. it's up to them. Yeah, you I hear you. Mean? I it's hear up you. It's up to them. Thank you, Colin. for us. Now, all right. Unfortunately, that line broke. And thank you very much for those insightful thoughts, uh, Colin. And also, Mr. Mlambo, you're joining us uh, from Funder Bale Park. Good afternoon. Hello. Good afternoon, Christopher. Good afternoon, sir. Okay. Yeah, if if you have done literature, when you do literature, the Shakespearean literature or Elizabethan English, silver hair, it's 
associated with the wisdom because they think silver here, you are grown enough. So now when the judge, that's why there is that proverb which says, it sound as a judge. Mm. So now an elder person is regarded to say, this person is grown up enough, and that person will make a sound judgment, and the silver hair is just the same like silver hair or from Nelson Mandela to say, okay, right, silver hair, you have seen a lot of things, you've got experience, and your judgment is sound. It all, it's only associated with cleverness to say you are giving out a sound judgment. So you and are disputing, you are disputing, Mr. Mlambo, uh, that Mr. Ngobeni, Advocate Ngobeni, says uh, that this is associated with colonialism. No, 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 no. What happened is, in the olden days, silver hair is the sign of old age. When it is old age, a person who has seen it enough, a person who is so experienced, a person who is wise because of ex- I mean, of, of, of meeting, I mean, a lot of things. Now, when it comes there, when you've got silver hair, anybody, they say with silver hair, it's mm. a white person. Okay, so thank now, you. So that, now, that's how it is. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, there's, there's a response, um, Dr. Ngobeni. It, it's associated with wisdom. Well, I, look, he, 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 he's entitled to, to speculate on whether that has its origin in... Um, this notion that silver hair is associated with wisdom, but that has to be rejected. First of all, the specific wearing of blonde hair, uh, say by a 30-year-old black barrister, you cannot by any stretch of the imagination start to argue that, well, this is just a general symbol of uh, having gray hair and therefore meaning that the person is, uh, is smarter or whatever the case might be. It was a specific tradition that was imposed in the British courts and by extension throughout the British colonial world that when you appear in court, and I thought the topic here was that, the wearing of the wigs. When you appear in court, you are required to wear a blonde wig made of white horse hair. It sounds like disrespect. that, that That is not about wisdom. There are a lot of Africans who grow old, but who don't have completely blonde hair. Mugabe is 90-something years old, President, former President Mugabe. He does not have uh, uh, blonde hair. But you are dying. So, and I, I, I wouldn't argue that he's any less wise than a, a 60-year-old uh, prematurely graying uh, person. Oh, so th- th- this issue has nothing to do with the generally accepted adage about old uh, 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 people and um, and, and uh, having grey hair. Let, let's hold that thought, um, uh, Prof. We have to, uh, uh, Dr. Ngobeni, we have to take a news break. Uh, this is uh, the news headlines with Utsi Lesako. Hashtag SAFM Lifetime. The home run comes up uh, later with uh, Sir Ennis uh, Pile, and uh, it's between three and six. And right now we're having a conversation about uh, wearing um, of of wigs by African judges that uh, uh, five decades later, after colonialism, many African judges and political leaders want uh, to keep the symbol. Why? What are the reasons behind this? And just getting to understand uh, the history behind them. Unfortunately, we've lost uh, Professor Ndima. 
Mahama. The line is not the greatest. Um, he joined us uh, as an advanced indigenous law teacher from UNISA. Thank you very much uh, for uh, that time, sir. And uh, we still have Dr. Paul Ngobeni uh, joining us as a legal expert. Let's take some of your calls. Um, uh, qu- let's start with uh, SMSs. Uh, these wigs are taken from Daniel 7, uh, verse 9, where the great judge God um, is said to have hair resembling thoroughly washed sheep's and and this is sheep's wool um just like an african senior citizen and that is um a representation of wisdom uh that's an unsigned sms and uh, also william uh, says perhaps the reason why mugabe does not uh, have gray hair is simply because he never grew wise Right. This, well, it's your opinion, uh, and uh, that's what we call for, your opinion. Uh, Patrick joining us uh, from Deben. Good afternoon. Hello, Patrick. Hello there. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, sir. My impression is these barristers want to have a false sense of entitlement. Mm. This morning, Judge Zonda appeared in the Concord Court. He never wore a wig or anything of the sort. And he sounded so he intelligent. his intelligence as such. But with the barristers, they want this false entitlement. That's my opinion. All right. Thank you. Most appreciated. Uh, we appreciate uh, your uh, opinion. Thank you very much. It's not colonialism. It's not uh, in judges only. Everywhere uh, a land person is uh, depicted, uh, is captioned grey-headed. Uh, bolded and with heavy spectacles hanging. Uh, It's from uh, the Greek philosophers. You never qualify as a philosopher unless you were 80. And that's from Mabojo Walimbobo. So it seems like everyone else, um, uh, Dr. Ngobeni, is uh, associating wearing of um, wigs made from horse hair uh, with wisdom. Well, I, I think that I, I, I wouldn't say they are incorrect in doing that. The they, 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 they old adage that, you know, the, the gray hair that is supposed to symbolize uh, one's experience, that then one's uh, wisdom, that uh, through the your years you gain um, experience and you gain wisdom. Mm. Uh, I, I cannot argue with that. But what people seem to, to be getting confused about, this is not about whether or not people in certain um, uh, situations ha- have a right to wear uniforms, or whether people wear uh, 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 clothes that distinctive clothes that uh, set them apart from uh, other persons. Uh, you talk about police yeah. uniform, whether you talk about other people wearing uniform. This is an issue about. We are talking about the requirement that ju- that barristers and judges should wear uh, wigs uh, made. A blonde wig in particular made from white horse hair. In Africa, most tradition that's required that someone should paint their hair gray so that they can appear smart. But that was in any African tradition. And and. Maybe this conversation needs to be had um, now more than ever. Now that uh, I mean, we need to connect it as well to the climate. We look at the issue of the, uh, just even the hygiene aspect of it. Oh, even the hygiene. You have a person wearing a wig in a very hot African country like Ghana, uh, Kenya, 
Malawi. And uh, obviously, from a hygienic standpoint, you need to be worried about situations where uh, that type of uh, wig is worn week, week, a day in and day out. Uh, the chances of it having lies uh, are, are greatly increased, more so in a very hot uh, climate than they would otherwise be uh, maybe in England. Um, where maybe even hygienic standards, you, start, you need to start looking at that. The other thing is creating a user-friendly atmosphere in the courts. When mm. you have these culturally alienating symbols of wearing uh, robes and uh, uh, oh, they look scary. Yeah. by a, a black man who's extremely dark, a very dark black man wearing a blonde wig, it makes a person look like a scarecrow. Let's 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 start let, let's 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 uh, let, let's debunk this whole myth that mm. somehow because these were respected symbols during colonialism yeah. they continue to represent us and that they continue to be acceptable to us. All right, there's an SMS unsigned once again saying as long as uh, the rule of law is Roman Dutch in any given country the master will always be uh, masquerade in Western ways. Mm. And and uh, another SMS uh, from Mabohoalimpopo. I think I've I've uh, read this one. Um, uh, it's not colonialism. Uh, it's not judges only. Yeah, everywhere it's a sign of wisdom. Now, w- what would be ideal um, in, in in ensuring that uh, the rest of Africa actually joins the countries that have said no to this practice? Are you are you asking me? Yes. Yeah, well, let's let's look at this this way. You had uh, President Kwame Nkrumah, the first president of Ghana, first uh, Afri- uh, African independent country. He actually made it fashionable for people to wear African traditional attire. Parliamentarians, our own parliamentarians now take pride in going to parliament when during the opening of parliament, mm-hmm. wearing all kinds of uh, very nice attire that supposed to. Uh, symbolize uh, the, 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 that African tradition. Mm-hmm. But the lawyers, that is the barristers and the judges who are left behind, even in Ghana. Today they still continue a British colonial tradition, which other leading members of society, including their presidents, rejected. We have people continuing to refer to these uh, persons as my lord, uh, my lady. Uh, mm-hmm. If you go to the United States, no one calls a judge my lord or my lady or, mm-hmm. or Canada. These are former British colonies, but they were able to throw off that yoke of British colonialism. Now you have Africans who are arguing that, no, uh, it's, it's nothing. It's just an acceptable sim- symbol of wisdom. Let's continue with it. That I'll call mental enslavement. Mm. So in moving forward, um, what can we do to rid ourselves of some of these, uh, for lack of a better expression, I'll say colonial inheritances um, that we need to shed? Well, we have to make a conscious decision about when we talk about decolonization, decolonization of the mind, Mm. making sure that the African culture, the African uh, traditions, their stamp on our everyday life, whether it's in the courts or whether it's in, the, in, in, in the, anywhere in society, that we, we, we elevate the African culture to that level where it's not uh, subordinated to other foreign cultures. I think we need to start there. It's ironic that we have students, young persons, who are ironically are smarter 
uh, appear to be smarter than some of these old, uh, old people who argued for decolonization in education, who argued that the old symbols of uh, Cecil John Rhodes uh, and, and all those statues had to, be, had to go. But we seem to be unwilling to say, uh, I know in South Africa we don't have that uh, wig problem particularly, but we seem to be unable to say, what does it mean? What does mm. decolonization in a country mean when you talk about its uh, cultural aspects, its social, uh, even in terms of its legal tradition? What does it mean? Sure. Should the law, should, should the lawyers, should those British legal traditions remain uh, undisturbed? Mm-hmm. With, uh, how do we talk about transformation if we don't start there? Decolonization of the mind, uh, attacking, in other words, putting the African stamp. Uh, for, uh, I'll, I'll simply sum up, the, sum up this way. Put, to put an African stamp on these social and cultural traditions, it's a conscious choice that we Africans have to make that we South Africans, we Africans in general on the African continent have to make. So those who are continuing to make excuses about why those symbols have to stay, mm. obviously are people who are saying they are unwilling to take that step uh, of, uh, of, of, uh, of um, accepting their, their African uh, character and making sure that the African culture uh, has its place in the sun. All right, let me take uh, the last tweets and then we conclude the conversation, um, um, uh, Doctor. Uh, Nangobesa says, a horse hair, really? This is ridiculous. And um, uh, the village boy says there's something wrong with, uh, uh, with that. Uh, only that when Africans want to change something, we approach in an indirect way. Uh, SAFM Lifetime Live. I'm wondering what is it that uh, we approaching it in an indirect way? And Ashraf Mossam says uh, regarding the wig, I think it's um, just because it's such an ancient tradition and it symbolizes um, the court and judges, but yes, it's uh, a show of uh, uh, the English colonization, uh, but my lord and my lady can change to any uh, respectful name uh, that shows authority and i'm sure say madam uh, or ma'am uh, or baba um, Siam. i'm sure we can have conversations that uh, begin to connect us uh, to um, who we are as african people uh, doctor thank you so so much uh, are there any um, resources that uh, we can read up um, because you know uh, i also see some of the messages that are saying uh, you are being disrespectful when you talk about uh, the connection to loss of hair and syphilis because uh, oftentimes people uh, take offense when they don't know better yeah let, let me be very very uh, uh, open with you i research that issue anyone who researches the mm-hmm. origin of how members of high society in the 16th century england started to wear wigs uh, long-haired wigs it was not just in the courts mm-hmm. but it was it was it, it coincided with the outbreak serious outbreak of syphilis uh, sexually transmitted diseases in england it's not it's not a, a, a matter of uh, speculation. You just just read the uh, minimal research on it. It won't even take you more than thirty minutes. Will bring you to an article mm-hmm. that actually draws on that tradition, on that on that history rather, not tradition. That yes, indeed, there was a, a connection 
uh, with that. And it continued. So once people got used to wearing it as a, as, as a, a symbol of, you know, a high society, mm. it continued. Even in the courts, they made it a requirement that barristers should continue to wear the long uh, blonde wigs sure. uh, to cover premature balding. That's why you will never see a barrister or a, a judge who's bald appearing bald-headed. Those, those wigs were always there to, 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 to cover it. It's not, it's not a matter of speculation. It's true. For ego and image. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Doctor, for joining us. And that is Dr. Paul Ngobeni, a legal expert, as uh, we were talking about why do some African judges and barristers still wear those wigs and gowns? And it's worse in Africa. We, uh, I mean, the temperatures are suggesting otherwise. That's where we leave this conversation. But you can uh, continue connect with us, uh, connecting with us via SMS zero. Uh, 0938 charged at 150 and uh, also on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at SAFM Radio. And right now, as we move right along, uh, we speak about uh, d- disability every Tuesdays. And uh, right now, we're looking at a conversation connecting us to um, disability in our country. Uh, music is the voice of the soul, they say. Music is part of uh, the vast majority of our populations daily. And now, as a radio station, we have the honor of uh, providing thousands of you daily with inspiration, news, music, conversations, and so much more. Imagine, just imagine, just imagine if you couldn't hear that anymore.